0: I'm Jeff Nichols and I'm, uh, I've grown up for Old Baptist, been for Old Baptist my whole life, but now I've uh, served on church staffs in Oklahoma, Missouri, and, te- and uh, Tennessee. And uh, thank you, Bob, appreciate it. And um, uh, since 2020, I've been the state director for CF of Tennessee, overseeing all the chapters that are there in Tennessee, and I love it. Man, we get to tell people about Winning Kids to Christ. I mean, how good a job is that? It's the best job in the world. And, uh, and we want to help Real Baptist churches do this in just an amazing way. All kinds of ways that you can do this, not just our ministry, other ministries, all kinds of ways. I loved what Bob was saying, just like those, those events like that, big, small events like that are just great opportunities to share Christ. Specifically talking in this seminar about uh, backyard Bible clubs and reaching families in your neighborhood. And so we're going to kind of zero in on that. You know, one one of the saddest verses in all the Bible is this verse in Judges. All and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. That's really sad because you realize this is, this is the grandchildren of the people who are literally standing there watching the Red Sea part. I mean, th- those were the, the just, just two generations removed from the people who saw the miracles in the wilderness, who saw the Red Sea part, who went into the promised land. And just two generations later, It says that they did not know the Lord their God. Of course, Psalm 78 says, He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law of Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them and even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children and they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands that is God's heart right I mean that's what God wants that God wants generational discipleship and I love that freeal Baptists talk about generational discipleship a lot right you hear that you hear that phrase a lot from our d6 d6 emphasis Deuteronomy 6 emphasis that we have we just hear that it's just becoming a part of our culture it's a part of our DNA we talk a lot about discipleship we talk a lot about generational discipleship and that's what we're talking about about generation to generation to generation but sadly when we look around at the culture today and our churches today and what's happening in the world today instead of being encouraged by that it's easy to be, be defeated to be defeated by that because Satan is real we have an enemy that is seeking whom he may devour and one of his chief tactics is if he can take out the home if he can take out the family then he's eroding the very foundation of who we are as a society right and so sadly i didn't even put any background images on this because i don't want to play to your emotions i just want the raw fact here in front of you okay a child is removed from their home and placed into foster care every two minutes it's crazy right it's crazy more than 1.5 million school-aged children experience homelessness during the 2017-2018 school year living in shelters, transitional housing, or on the streets. We have a Good News Club in Nashville. It's actually led by Steve Greenwood. A lot of you know Steve Greenwood. Isn't that amazing that we have a club that led by Steve Greenwood? And he is our club leader. And he called all the families in our Good News Club that was meeting in the school. After School Bible Club called a Good News Club meeting one day a week. Our church, the Donaldson Fellowship, was doing this club, had been doing it for several years. This year, uh, Steve has been leading that team, called all the families. And one family that he called, one mom that he called, he just, you know how you talk to somebody and like, there's something here, something doesn't quite sound right, you know? And he followed, he kept probing with her a little bit and found out this lady had two children that were coming to the club, sweet kids. Uh, Steve found out that this family was homeless. I mean, they were, they were couch surfing. They were moving from house to house. Not only that, but that she didn't have, she had a job, but she didn't have reliable transportation. So she was having to get an Uber (laughs) every day to take her kids to school and to go to work. And you can imagine how expensive that was. And then living on a couch at night. And thankfully Steve called her Thankfully, that church was reaching out to that family and those two kids and doing more than just saying, hey, we did the Good News Club. Check that box. Now we'll see you next Thursday. They were really wanting to uh, minister to that family. And God, God, right? God. God put the right leader in that club, with that family at the right time. And even on that club team, there was a lady whose whose husband owned a a used car lot, a really nice used car lot. That used car lot gave her a $20,000 car for free. I mean, gave it to her. And Katie Greenwood was just telling me yesterday, like that family, is not only coming to their church, (laughs) that little girl who's homeless now, I mean, basically homeless, they were doing change for missions in their church, pennies for missions in their church, in their children's church. And that little girl brought her entire piggy bank to give to missions. And Katie was just telling me, like they had them over for Mother's Day and she's like, hey, we really want you to know, like, you're not a project to us, okay? Like, you're our friend. Mm-hmm. And that lady said, no one has ever treated me like this before. Like, no one has ever treated me like this before. That's, that's ministry. Yeah. That, like, that's, that's reaching families. Well, all kinds of awkward situations come up when you put yourself out there like that and obey God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. Are, are you going to do... Is it just doing a good news club in a school or a backyard Bible club? Yeah, that's part of it. But it seems like when we obey God and take that step, then God asks us to take the next step of obedience. When when, when God asked Mary, like, hey, you know, you're gonna be my chosen one, you're gonna be my child. And he didn't say, And you're going to ride on a donkey to escape to Egypt. And then you're going to have this baby next to manure. And then you're, he didn't lay out all of that. Looks like he doesn't lay out all of the steps of obedience for us, right? He just asked us for that next step of obedience. And for that group, their first step of obedience was to do this club. And then God opened up all these little doors of obedience, of ministry that happened to families. And they are seriously, just think about it. They are impacting that family for decades, like generations. <laughs> Those kids will remember Mr. Steve and Miss Katie and that, that, the team that loved on them and like loved on them, loved on them. I mean, they will remember that the rest of their life. And when they grow up, they, they're going to have that in their heart the rest of their life. And that's what we're encountering today. We see this all the time. This is crazy. Gun violence is now the leading cause of death for all children, teens 1 to 19. That's the world we're living in. This is the world we're living in today. But we have good news to share, but boy, it's in the middle of darkness, right? I mean, this, this is in the middle of tough stuff. I mean, we, we've got to be real about this. We have an enemy. He is real, and he wants to devour us. But we, light always wins over darkness, and I have overcome the world, right? This is what Jesus said. So we're going we're gonna to talk about God's will for, I mean, I would love to take the rest of this time talking about how it's God's will, God's heart to reach children from Him and to reach out to the next generation, just like we've been talking in Deuteronomy 6, wherever you go in the McDonald's drive-through lane, wherever you are, I mean, you're just having those little nips, little, little bitty snippet conversations we can concentrate on. Okay, we're all sitting down for family devotions, check, man, it's... That is such a small percentage of what, what generational discipleship looks like. And it's a lot more like when, when I'm driving down the road with my, grand, with my grandkids and they're like, ask a zinger question. I've got a 14 year old, 10 year old, and an eight year old, and that eight year old, she asks zinger questions all the time. And my screensaver is her praying on Easter Sunday. I mean, God has a sensitivity about her that she is just curious. And that's, that's kids, right? Their minds are curious. Their hearts are open. They're just, they're just questioning and wanting to know and exploring. That's why we talk about this 414 window between the ages of 4 and 14. They're just so open to this. And, eight, you know, if you've seen the statistics, 60 to 80% of people here are Christians today, became Christians during that time. Why would we not? Really invest in them during that time, during this time, and put most of our energy and focus into that during this time. In Mark, uh, Mark ten, he's, Jesus said, "Hey, let the little children come to me." And Matthew eighteen, he says, "Even so is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that want that even one of these little ones should perish." And in that in that Mark passage, you know when the when the when the people, you know, I would love to have seen that scene when the, the parents were like putting their kids in Jesus lap. And he's like, you know, all the kids are like swarming him like crazy, jumping on his back and doing all this. And he's just like, "Go, it's OK, it's OK. And the di- disciples were like, we would have been like, hey, get away, get away from this. We got important adult stuff to do. You know, get away, get away, get us shooing the kids away. And I love the way it says that. It. it says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them, right? When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and he said to them, let the little children come to me. That is God's heart. And we read it in a very King James Version kind of way. Because that word indignant there, the Greek word there that's used, is not used with Jesus anywhere else in Scripture. Even when he ran the, the, the people out of the, out of the temple. This is the only time this is ever used with Jesus in the Bible. And we, it's really easy to read it in a King James Version kind of way. He was indignant. You know what that Greek word is? Ticked. That's what the Greek word is. No, I'm just kidding. It's not ticked. It's, it's, but it means he was ticked. I mean, we can say, read it real nice, he was indignant. No, he's like, stop it! Stop it! Stop Stopping them from coming to me. Stop it. Let them come. Wouldn't you love to see the disciples' faces right then? They're like, oh, we messed up again. Oh, God, we keep keep screwing up. And then the kids start climbing on Jesus again. And then it says, they climbed up and he took the children in his arms. Wouldn't you love just one time to see the actual happening? He took children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Imagine being blessed by Jesus Himself. That is God's heart right there. A perfect illustration of God's heart. And that is God's plan. A man by the name of J. Irvin Overholzer grew up in a denomination that had taught that you could not become a Christian until you were 20 years old. It's 20, right, Bob? Is 20, is that I got my, it's 20 years old until you're adult. Some people say 12 years old. Bob had his testimony that has 12, waited and had to wait until 12 years old, but he did it earlier. Um, but he had grown up in that denomination that way, became a pastor, pastored that way until he was in his 60s, and it was not until he was in his 60s that he read this quote that pierced his heart by Charles Spurgeon that said, a child of five years old, if properly instructed, can as readily believe as, in, as be regenerated as anyone and he still not believe, did not believe it because he just had a whole lifetime of believing a certain way about this that children did not know enough to, to become a Christian. So he went out and did a little experiment. He went out in his community way back in the day when you could talk to kids in your community and not be a, you know, whatever. And, and he talked to about 20 kids, and to his amazement, he was able to have gospel conversations with some of them, and some of them received Christ as their Savior. He still did not believe it. I mean, he's like, this is this can't be true. This can't be happening until a few a few weeks later. He went to a revival service at a church and he saw the mom of two of the girls that had that had prayed to receive Christ as a savior. And he'd been trying to get this mom to come to his church for a very long time. And he kind of said to her, what are you doing here? <laughs> now, he didn't say it that way, but he said, you know, it's good to see you. Why, why, why are you here? And she said, Because of the change that I've seen in my girl's life since you talked to them. And all of a sudden, he was not only convinced, he was convicted. Like, my whole life (laughs) I have been believing kids can't do this. And now I see that it is possible for kids to do this. We need to let people know about this. And God somehow used... This man, and by the way, this man was no Billy Graham. He was not a dynamic preacher. He was not. He was just like a humble servant of God. And for some reason, God used J. Holzer to start Child and Fellowship. And 80 plus years, long story short, 80 plus years later, 3,000 workers, 439,000 people trained in one year last year, 79,000 Good News Clubs, almost 20 million people, children reached last year alone, and 6 million professions of faith, all from a man who didn't think kids could accept Christ until he was in his 60s. Now, do you think that J. Irvin Overholzer discovered a secret formula for how kids come to know Christ? Or do you think he just discovered the heart of God. Right? I think it's the latter right. He just is, he really got in touch with the heart of God and God's desire to see children come to know him. And so that's what we want to do too. We want to be about children coming to know him. And we want to be about that. And, and so he set child evangelism up to do three things. We want to evangelize boys and girls in the gospel, disciple them in his word, and establish them in a the local church. It's like Bob said, we're not the church. Like we help the church, we support the church, we just pack your backpack so that you can do the one, be the ones evangelizing, discipling, and establishing them in your church because that is generational discipleship. That's where the long-term discipleship is going to happen through the, the discipleship uh, uh, mechanisms and phases and processes that you have in your church. As Amos said last night, the formal ones and the informal ones, that's where it happens. And so we want to just create opportunities for you to do that. And I could just, we could just. I wish we had time to just kind of stop right now and just kind of circle up the chairs and say, "How you doing in that? Like, how's it going for you to? How's that going for you in in reaching people and discipling them and really establishing a church? And my question to you: How's it going in reaching kids? But my real question, I, I would really love the answer to. If we could just have time to kind of sit around a bonfire and eat s'mores together, I'd love to hear this. I would love to know, how are you doing in reaching kids who don't know Jesus? Like, that's a different question. Like, that's, how are you doing in kids that have never heard about Jesus? Like, how are, you, how are you doing with that? Because it's easy for us to think, depending on where you come from in the country, like everybody everybody knows Jesus. I thought the same thing. I mean, it, I, I, could, I could think the same thing and in our club that our church was doing i was i was on the team that before COVID, the year before COVID, and i was a third grade shepherd for that team so in a school club i know we're talking about bible clubs but in a school club the kids are going to be dismissed right from right from their classes into you know when the bell rings some are going to get on the bus some are going to go picked up by parents and some to come into the gym or cafeteria for a good news club they come in there we sit them down in small groups i had Third graders, I had Carlos, I had Kaylee, I had Braden, I had a, just a cool little group of third graders. We get to know them and then we put them all together, big group time for Bible lesson, missionary story, memory verse, songs, review games and that kind of thing. And, um, and then at the end of every club, no matter where you are in the world, that's when we had six million professions of faith last year. No matter where you are in the world at the end of club, we give children an opportunity to talk to somebody about God to accept Christ as their Savior, recommit themselves to Christ. Just ask questions. And uh, one of my little boys in my third grade group, Brayden, came to the back. And he came to the back and we, we train our volunteers to ask discerning questions. Like, why did you come back here, Brayden? He said, I want to do that Christian thing. I love that. And then he said, and then he, I said, well, I'd love to show you how to do that Christian thing. We use the wordless book to talk about as a plan of salvation. God's in heaven. He's a perfect God. He does not allow sin into heaven. Because, so we have a problem because we're all sinners and all uh, doomed to die for our sin. But thankfully, God gave us Jesus who died on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. And because of that, we can live in heaven forever between now and then. He wants us to be growing as a Christian. Just That's the thumbnail version of it. And he prayed that third grade poor boy prayer, and I said, do you, do you go to church anywhere? And he said, I come here. Like, we were his church. And then he said, I said, do you, go, you not go anywhere? Like, you're looking for a church? And he said, I've never been to church. And that just struck me. And I think it's the reason I'm standing in front of you today. I mean, it just that just struck me like, wow. And if our church was just continuing to do what we were doing and like, Ringing the dinner bell, as Bob said, and like on Sunday morning, just like, hey, come here. Let me tell you about Jesus. You know, come here. Let me tell you about Jesus. Come here. Let me tell you about Jesus, which is fine. But if we were just counting on that to tell kids about Jesus, we would not have ever seen Braden because his family had no reason to come to our church. They didn't know Jesus. Uh, so we were taking the gospel to them. And that's what we want to do is take the gospel. So how, are your, how is your church doing in reaching kids? How is your church doing in reaching kids who don't know Jesus? And how is your church doing in reaching kids that may not have ever even heard how much Jesus loves them? I mean, those are, those, are, those are serious questions. And so what we're talking about is being, I mean, doing something about that, doing something with those answers that you're giving yourself and saying, man, we want to be about this. We really, we, we really do want to be about that. So what happens in club time is, uh, is we're gonna train your volunteers. You're gonna recruit a team of people to to do these clubs. We're gonna have trained volunteers who are gonna be taught how to do a Bible lesson with a clear presentation of the gospel. Every One of the things I love most about our CEF curriculum, we provide all the curriculum and lesson plans for you, is every single Bible lesson has the gospel woven into it. Every lesson has the gospel woven into it. That's why at the end of a weekly club, when they come back and say, uh, hey, we want to tell you about Jesus, we're, we're asking them questions now. Remember who we said God is? They have heard over and over and over. God is creator God. God is holy. Now remember the problem that we have? Yeah, we have, we have sin in our hearts. Yeah, we're asking them that, like, because they've been hearing it over and over and over, right? We have sin in our hearts. Now remember what sin is? We're always just using the common language. can't sin as anything we think, say, or do that breaks God's laws. Sin is anything we think, say, or do that breaks God's laws. Sin is anything we think, say, or do that breaks God's laws. I mean, just over and over, they're hearing these things over and over and over. And you know how children learn, right? Repetition, repetition, repetition. They just learn by hearing the same thing over and over. And so we're, we provide this type of training to your team of people. And then we... Uh, with. Someone's going to be teaching that Bible lesson that has a clear presentation of the gospel right there in it. We're going to be singing scripture songs. We're going to be teaching them memory verses because we want them to be hiding God's word away in their heart. We have a specific way that we teach these memory verses. We're going to tell them missionary stories. And a great missionary, they love the missionary stories. It is a fascinating to me how much kids love stories, you know. Kids love stories when you combine that with what God has done over the years and in, in, in just incredible ways in people's lives, combine that with a, with a great storytelling technique. We have a storytelling techniques that we just use really to keep their kids' attention on what the, what the story is with the gospel at the center of that story. The missionaries are never the star of the story. God is always the star of the story. And they're just the participants in it. And so we're telling those missionary stories in just a really cool way, and then providing just just really good review games to do this. This is a this is a backyard Bible club I was at a few weeks ago. So this is a, in a backyard. It, that's the biggest parachute I think ever. That was a huge parachute. I've seen small ones, but man, that thing was huge. And they had about 25 kids there in a backyard, and this family had just that uh, they're they're doing a five-day club, and so this five-day clubs that we do in the summertime are taught by middle school and high school students middle school high school students that we train to do all of these clubs in five days at a time that's a group of four uh middle school high school students that were teaching this club they had been trained to teach a bible lesson how to tell missionary story how to teach a verse, how to teach a song, and how to tell a missionary story and do the review games. They did the entire They did the entire club. And I was with a, a group of these uh, students a few weeks ago because I love to go around the state and kind of check in on them and see how they're doing. And this one team of students, they had been doing clubs for a few weeks. I said, how many clubs have you done or will you do? And they're just like adding up. And she said, probably 50. They will do 50 Bible clubs in one summer, 50. Talk about an opportunity to like real life experience opportunity. I mean, cause the only way you get good at something is by doing that something, not being told how to do it or being shown how to do it, but actually doing it yourself. This is them standing up in front of kids, holding the Bible in front of them. And that's one thing we teach. We want a visual, always having a visual, even though we've got a lesson and other flashcards and things going on on the screen, we want them to have a visual reminder of seeing you holding a Bible like this and reading from that Bible so that they know this is God's Word and we're reading from God's Word I'm teaching you from God's Word. We always want that visual reminder. And so those kids, those, those students, I say, are hearing that as they're teaching kids. And so these, 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 these kids in this backyard are being taught by those middle school, high school students that, that week. The, 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 this particular club, uh, the, the family was a part of a homeschool co op, and so it was real easy for them to kind of get the group of kids from their homeschool co op to come to their place. It was kind of out in the, in the country a little bit, so they had to kind of drive in a little bit but there's other opportunities in neighborhoods, community centers, parks, YMCAs, daycares, those other opportunities like that to do backyard Bible clubs and to reach the families through those, through those backyard Bible clubs. So just to, so that you're, you're clear about this, our Good News Clubs are our weekly clubs that we do mainly during the school year. They can be in schools. We love the school clubs, but we're not limited to the school clubs. And then we have a five-day club that is our summer Bible club. And then we have what we call a party club because some people will say we'll, we'll give the opportunity to do, to do one of these clubs. And they say, I can't find volunteers to do that like every week. I don't, we don't have people that can be at the school every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. I mean, we just our people work and we, we can't do that. Well, that's okay. We, you know, um, and so we offer a party club. It's just kind of a one-off. This is like an opportunity for you one time uh, to do this and to get a group of people together in a neighborhood and get a group of people together one time and we're going to train your volunteers to do the entire club, just like we're training to do a Good News Club. I mean, we're going to train them how to do the Bible lesson and whatever, we want to train them up to do that because what we have found, it's a little trick, what we have found is they're like, yeah, okay, we'll do a party club. And then they come and do it like, This is awesome! This is great! Man, okay, why don't we do a five-day club this summer? Okay, that's a great idea, I didn't think about that. Why don't you do a five-day club this summer? And then they do a five-day club, and then that whets their appetite even more, and then they want to do a good news club. So this is kind of a, the party club idea is kind of a a low on-ramp, really small, short barrier of entry into getting started with the club session. So there's all these opportunities That you have to do it in in these different ways and so there's two options to do this either to do a party club as a one-time event maybe using uh, Bob's outreach idea like he was saying with the bouncy houses if you were here for the previous seminar bouncy houses and that kind of thing to really get the kids together Uh, you're just inviting the children to come you're just being the host and here's the benefit of it when it's a neighborhood club all of a sudden you're a light in that neighborhood I mean, everybody's driving into their garages. Nobody talks to people, you know, like we used to. Our neighborhoods aren't like they used to be. So you're just kind of anonymous unless you've got a dog like we have and we meet everybody, all the other dog walkers in the neighborhood. We, we don't really know their names. We know their dogs' names. I mean, we're just, we're, we're like that. So things have changed, but a lot of neighborhoods will have, uh, especially newer neighborhoods, will have community centers you know, the neighborhood community center, they can have parties in a pool and that kind of thing. So using an opportunity like that during COVID, uh, one church was doing two good news clubs in schools. Schools got shut down. They combined them and started doing you know, one good news club every week in the in the neighborhood community center in the, by the pool. And uh, And so there's all kinds of options. When you do that, you become a missionary in that family. One of the things I love about the Backyard Bible Club approach is... Uh, when the families are coming and they're dropping their kids off, just natural conversations develop. I mean you're just naturally having longer conversations as opposed to in the school setting, I mean the kids are coming from school, they're walking in there, we walk at dismissal, we walk them out, you know their their parents are picked up just like for school and we may get like 10 seconds of a conversation but you got to be real intentional about making connections to the family outside of that pickup time. But at pickup time at a backyard Bible club, like, how you doing? How's it going? Hey, how about that storm last night? I mean, that was, that was crazy. Well, did you have any damage on you? Yeah, I had some damage. Hey, I'll come over and help you with your, yeah, I've got a tree down. Well, I'll come over and help you, help you get your tree cleaned up. OK, we can do that. So conversations and relations relationships naturally develop, right, from these type of settings. Or you could do a five-day club in the summertime, just say, five days in a row or even five Saturdays in a row, you can do this club, advertise it in your neighborhood, let people know, put up signs if you're allowed to put up signs or whatever like that, but just spread the word. You and your church, and one of the things, like Bob will tell you this, we like he said, we have CF people more than likely in your area that know your area, and they know it better than Bob and I do, and they are willing to work with you and say, Hey, this is what's happening in your area. We've already got two good news clubs, or we don't have any good news clubs. Man, this would be a great way for a church to move toward getting a good news club started in this school. Is maybe you start off with just a party club, just a one-off deal, and maybe you leads into maybe doing a five-day club this next summer, and then maybe next school year, maybe maybe sort of kind of sort of kind of think about a, a, a good news club next school year. So the, the, the people on the ground for CEF, the local directors we call them, the local directors are, know your area, they know the lay of the land basically, they know the people, they know the schools that are doing this, they know the churches that are already involved, they know the neighborhoods that they already have maybe some of these clubs going in or don't have these clubs going in, so they would love to talk to you about this and so we can get you connected, that's why we're here this week we want to we're just all of this that we bob and i have been sharing is just spurring you on to learn more we can't tell you everything you 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 need to know we just want to spur you on to get with your local cf directors to find out more about what's going on and we're willing to make that connection for you so you can go to cfonline.com cfonline.com and right there there's a chapter finder there Or you can come by our CF booth and you can have a a one-on-one conversation with us. At the CF booth, they have a QR code there that if you shoot the QR code, they're going to send you some free resources. And then when they get your information, they're going to send your information to the state directors like Bob and me, and then the state director sends it to your local people. That's going to eventually happen. That will take a little bit of time for that to happen. But if you want something immediate, we would love to get you connected to somebody locally, like real quick. Like real, real quick. Does that sound good? And uh, here's, my, here's my information. Uh, Bob and I would love to help you any way that we can. Right, Bob? would love to help you any way that we can. Bob's got tons and tons of experience. I love CF and in the ministry and what it's doing. So we want to help Free Old Baptist Churches reach kids. That's what we want to do. We want to help you reach kids and reach families.